Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through October 15th, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through October 15th, only at BJ's. The Gaslight Collective proudly presents Prog Watch, music that tells a story with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through October 15th, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through October 15th, only at BJ's. Waiting for 
men of rock and roll indeed. I'm sure I probably qualify. Hello my friends and welcome back to Prog Watch. Big Tony, your host here. That opening track was a classic by 10CC from their Sheet Music album in 1974. The song was co-written by the man who is our focus of attention this week, Kevin Godley. I spoke to Kevin a few weeks ago and I have to tell you I was very honored to do so. I mean, this guy's like rock royalty in my book, and he's a true innovator and progressive musician if there ever was one. He and Lowell Cream were the arty or avant-garde side of 10CC, and then went on to make a lot of interesting music as a duo after they had left the band. Later, they became sought-after video directors in the early days of music videos. Kevin is still in the game and is looking to make a new album. In true fashion, he is taking an innovative approach. But I will let you hear him talk about those things as the program unfolds. A quick aside, I have been splitting artist interview shows into two parts recently, but I wanted to get this show done in its entirety as soon as possible for reasons which will be clear by the end of the program. So buckle up, baby. We're going to hear a lot of great music and a lot of great conversation with rock icon Kevin Godley. Before we get into the interview, let's hear one more cool Godly and Cream composition which graced the 1976 10cc album How Dare You. This is Headroom. Get down to it, it's got a good sound to it, don't meddle around with it, cause it's far too wet, too wet. 
Headroom, written by Godly and Cream and performed by 10CC on their How Dare You album in 1976. Now let's get into my chat with Kevin Godley. Okay, yeah, so uh, first off, a little bit of fanboy stuff. Like I said, I think you're a true innovator, and it's a real pleasure and an honor to have you on my program. I consider you a legend, really. Thank you very much. And uh, I'd like to talk about many of the interesting things that you've been involved in over your career and finally talk about your new and innovative approach to your next album, but can we talk a little bit about some of your history first? Uh, yeah. Yes, we can. Um, I, I suppose it all began for me when I met Lord Cream. We were neighbors. And uh, we felt the same about art and music and life in general. And we were inseparable for a long, long time. But I suppose we, we found our true calling when we went to art college together and when we were at art college together, we realized we didn't want to become artists in the, in the normal sense of the word. Our, our enthusiasms moved in lots of different directions at the same time. So we were there training to be graphic designers, but we knew that wasn't what we really wanted. Problem was we couldn't define what we really wanted back then. This must have been about 1966-67. Another neighbour of ours was Graham Goldman, who had been sort of moving backwards and forwards between the UK and New York, writing songs and being hired to write songs. And he was bored with working in New York. Um, He came back to England and joined the Mindbenders, uh, which was Eric Stewart's group for Mm -hmm. a while on base. And they worked together, and Eric was of the mind that that the band wasn't going to last forever, and he wanted something a little bit more interesting uh, and with some longevity to to carry him through. Uh, So he wanted to open a recording studio in the north of England, and Graham invested in that. Strawberry Studios, right? Strawberry Studios in in Stockport, about 10 miles outside of Manchester. And so that that was 
was built. It was a very small four-track studio initially. And Laurel Cream and I were called in to to test the equipment, for want of a better word. I, I was a drummer, so, I, you know, Eric was learning how to mic drum kits up. And so I would thrash around for a couple of hours while he tried different microphones and so on and so forth. Um, and that that's how the four of us came together. It was pretty loosely originally, but it's, you know... Uh, interesting, those particular planets was kind of circling each other for a while, and then they all came together. Yeah, I mean, wow, you guys were, three of you were actually neighbors? That's that's pretty neat. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, we didn't always hang out together. We just, you know, we saw Graham every now and again. And when Lol and I began to write songs, he, Graham um, allowed us to record them at his house. He had a, a two-track Rebox recorder, and he would record us. Uh, he was our first record producer, if you like. So, and he encouraged us. He was already a successful songwriter, by the way. course. Stuff for the Yardbirds and whatnot. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, we were just, you know, we were, we were just coming close to our 10 year old art college. So, he was encouraging us to, to continue writing and so on and so forth. Okay. So, uh, I guess eventually 10CC sort of divided into like two camps. There was you and, and Lowell on the arty or avant-garde side, I guess we could say, and Eric and Graham seemed more on the like pop song side. But along the way, you guys really did some really cool stuff, uh, interesting sound innovations. Like uh, I know it, at the time, and I, I still have a hard time believing it, you know, I'm not in love, you know, being a hit on the radio. It's just so different from anything else. And it even stands out today, the, the, the treatments, the vocal treatments and the blending that was going on with the different sounds. And, uh, I guess near the end of your tenure in 10 CC, you guys also came up with the gizmo or the gizmotron. So can you talk a little bit about all the sound things that were going on there? Yeah, I, I, I guess that was the thing that, that, that really worked for us. We we weren't we weren't live performers, although we natural live performers. Although we did that, we are, we were we were boffins. We were we were experimental audio scientists who liked nothing better than to try new sounds and try new ways to record songs. And we were left alone to do that because we were in the north of England and well away from the centre of the music business. And we would spend, I think, I'm Not In Love took about three weeks just to record the uh, the vocal wash. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't until we started to mix the results together into what you hear as the finished thing that we realized that A, it was going to work, and B, it was going to work particularly well. Um but that's that's kind of what we what we did, you know. Thank goodness we weren't medical students. That's all I can say, <laughs> uh, because we would have come up with some pretty bad cures. But <laughs> but every now and again, you know, every 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 few months or so, you cure cancer if you're lucky, you know. Uh, and that's how it was with us. We, we we just kept trying stuff, and and we felt the same. We we all we were all on the same page about where we were trying to head. And what we were trying to do, but sometimes you don't actually know that till you've done it. And and I think I'm not in love is probably the best example of that. Yeah, I, like I said, I was just listening again over the weekend. It's just 
it's something else completely. It's a very simple, you know, with the guitar and the keyboard and stuff, but all the, the lush vocal treatments and the blending, I, I, I'm hearing like different synthesizer sounds, you know, that were popular at that time. They're kind of being blended in with the vocals and stuff. Really cool. Well, what we, yeah, when we did it, the original idea was to, the original recording of it, it was originally recorded as a cheesy bossa nova song and it didn't work at all. So, uh, we kept coming back to it, looking for new ways to do it. And I suggested that, that we try it all in voices and, and, and the keyboard thing that you hear, the guitar thing you hear and the synth bass drum you hear were there as a guide. We originally were intending to lose all that, but it worked so well once the voices were in place that, you know, it sat there. So we, we kept it. Um, just, just to answer your earlier question about the gizmo, that we invented the gizmo or the gizmotron, as it was later called, before 10cc existed. And then we kind of shelved developing it uh, during the four years that we were working at 10cc. We, we brought it out every night again and used it on a few different tracks, but we never really explored the potential of it. Um, and that was the first thing we did once the group split. Right. That kind of leads into my next question. Um, yeah. Well, for those who don't know, the gizmo more or less, it was like a little motorized device, right? That had little wheels that would sit on the bridge of a guitar and you could get an infinite kind of drone on, on any string that you wanted by engaging the different wheels. Correct? Correct. It was designed primarily because we liked the sound of an orchestra, but we couldn't afford to get a real orchestra in the studio. And it was very time consuming and a pain in the bum, frankly. So we thought, well, why can't we turn a guitar into an orchestra? It's a stringed instrument, after all. That was the genesis of the idea. Okay, so like you mentioned you really came up, you know, wanted to pursue the idea once you had decided you were going to, you and Law were going to split from uh, NCC. So uh, yeah. your first album was basically conceived as a showcase for the Gizmo. That's right, it, it, and it was only going to be a single album initially. But uh, I don't know, the, the way we were back then, the way I, maybe it's a northern, in, particularly north of England mindset, but, but there wasn't the possibility of us taking six months off to get this out of our system. It was, you know, all for one, one for all, uh, which is why we made the decision to leave the band and put all our energies into this record consequences uh, and it just snowballed we we got a little bit lost in it unfortunately and it turned into a triple album mm -hmm. uh, uh, and died a horrible commercial death even though there are some nice things on that but it it it, it, it taught us a lesson this seemed like a nice place to take a break in that segment we talked a little about some of the sound innovations that went into some classic 10 cc songs and in specific, this next tune, I'm Not In Love, from the 10cc album, the original soundtrack in 1975.
It's just a silly phase I'm going through And just because
I'm Not In Love from 10CC. It still sounds fresh and unique to my ears, so you can imagine how different it was in 1975 when it was a huge worldwide hit. Now I'm going to play a song that illustrates the experimental spirit of Godly and Lowell Cream. This is from after they had split to form Godly and Cream and maybe one of their quirkiest tunes, although there are more than a few quirky tunes in the Godly and Cream catalog. Anyway, this is called I Pity Inanimate Objects, and it comes from the 1979 Godly and Cream album, Freeze Frame. Physics is 
Godly and Cream with I Pity Inanimate Objects from their album Freeze Frame in 1979. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through October 15th, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through October 15th, only at BJ's. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, NM member FDIC. Now let's hear more of my chat with Kevin Godley. But you guys continued to create really unique art, art rock, avant-garde music, whatever you want to call it, into the late 80s. And then along the way, you also got involved in music video production. Now this yeah. this was back in the days when some folks like you were still viewing music videos as an art form instead of just following the formula of uh, putting a hot chick on a cool car and then cutting to the band when it came time for the chorus. Uh, yeah, everybody else did that better than yeah. we did, so we kind of figured we, that's not really our our speciality. Our speciality. Well, we didn't know. I mean, the, the you came from an art background, is, right? I mean, you, you came from an art school background, so you you viewed it more yeah. of an art form, right? Yeah, but but I, but I think the thing was, if you, towards the end of the seventies and the beginning of the eighties, there was no video industry as such, and people really didn't know what a video should be. So everybody, in in, in their own way, was trying stuff, you know. And so there were no rules, um, and unlike today, there was no such thing as a video commissioner. Uh, and so the the director was essentially given free reign to interpret the song you'd been given um, with a limited budget, but you were pretty much left alone to get on with it, uh, which is what we did. And we, we took advantage of that freedom, uh, in a sense, because quite rightly, as you said, that 
we came from an art school background, so we, we had in the back of our minds that this could be an art form, not just a promotional device. And I think we were, we were right to, to, to some degree that it, it did become that, not just because of the stuff we did, but, but the stuff that a lot of people did. So there was some they, cool things, yeah. Like Peter Gabriel was doing some really neat things, oh, of course. Yeah, sledgehammer. And, yeah, he seemed to have the yeah. same view as you, that it could be used as, as little little art films to go with the, the songs. Little yeah. song, you know. That's right. To us, after a while, it became the final overdub. You know, it was like you made the record, you put the vocal on, then you do the video. That that's the whole thing packaged up nicely, and nothing was complete without a video back then. Right. And when MTV came into being, it it provided, let's call them video artists because that's what we felt we were. It provided video artists with a with a, a gallery to hang their work in. So you got you worked with a lot of big names back in the day: Duran Duran, Asia, The Police, Sting, Yes, Eric Clapton, Peter Gabriel, Ultravox, and George Harrison. You even yep. made the video for "Real Love" from the Beatles anthology project. Yep, yep. I, I know that was yeah. all some time ago, but uh, do you have any cool recollections of working with any of those people? Cool recollections of working with all of them. Um, one thing I've one thing I think that helped us along this particular trajectory was the fact that, that we were musicians ourselves. And when the video explosion happened, the only people that were making videos at that, t- that time were kind of documentary makers, uh, commercial makers, uh, TV program makers, uh, uh, who didn't really have a background in in music at all. So what we found was that musicians felt comfortable with us because we could connect musically with what they were trying to achieve. And we were easier to talk to. We understood their mindset. And I think that really, really, really helped a lot. And I think every single band or solo artist that that we worked with was a delight to work with because we understood each other. There were never any tantrums. There was never any people walking off sat in a huff. There was never any of that bullshit because we were all pulling together to create something special if we could. So no horror stories, or just just great memories of working with some extraordinary people. That's great, and it's a really good observation about uh, connecting as musicians. That's uh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So the. Uh, do you have any favorites that you think were aside from say cry, which we were going to talk about in, in a minute here anyway, but uh, anything else that you really think was uh, some of your better work? Oh God. Yes. I, I mean, I, I always go back to the same little cluster of, of, of pieces. I think the first thing that, that kicked us way up the ladder was, uh, was Herbie Hancock's rocket. Okay. That was, that was a, I mean, nobody knew what the hell we were doing, and I include ourselves in that description. <laughs> uh, all that happened was we, we, we came across uh, Jim Whiting's work from a TV program and thought that would work with this track we'd just been sent, which was Herbie Hancock's Rocket. So we filmed it and edited it. <laughs> and. And the world of video went nuts. We, I think we got about five MTV awards or something crazy for that piece. 
And hot on the heels of that, I think, was three pieces that we did for the police. We did Every Breath You Take, Wrapped Around Your Finger, and Synchronicity 2, all of which were challenging in their own ways and all of which worked extremely well. Uh, another one that is one of my personal favorites, we did two tracks for Frankie Goes to Hollywood. We did Two Tribes and we did The Power of Love, which was which was great. And I can't I can't I can't not add to the list Girls on Film, of course, which was fun for many, many reasons. Great, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, back to your video that you and Lal made for Cry, that was obviously a groundbreaker, and it had the interesting effect of all the faces morphing from one to the next. Later on, yeah. Michael Jackson, he did a video for Black and White, uh, but by then yeah. it was probably a lot easier to do that digitally. You guys did it in an analog manner, correct? Yeah, it, it wasn't morphing. Morphing, morphing didn't exist. It, in an edit suite, there is a device called a wipe, and you can either have a soft-edged wipe or you can have a hard-edged wipe. And what we discovered when we filmed all the faces and lined them up, instead of just mixing the whole picture of one face through to the whole picture of another, you could sort of softly move from a central point outwards or move from the bottom upwards or from the top downwards. And what tended to happen is on the way from face A to face B, you would create a person that didn't exist. And that was the magic of yeah, it. It's very and interesting, that, yeah. And we we didn't we didn't know we were gonna get that. I mean like most of the things we did, we were kind of, you know, we were pissing in the wind. Uh, uh, we we filmed something and then we took it in the edit suite and half, if not more, of the of the magic happened when we were putting the things together. And in this case, I think that's true even more so, 75%, if not more. Um, and it, yeah, it, it may interest you to know that the, the video, as you see it, is was plan B. Plan A was originally going to be two very popular British ice skaters called Torville and Dean. And we wanted them to ice skate to the track and we were just going to film them doing that but they weren't available <laughs> so we had to come up with something fast and that is the video that you see i think probably what you came up with was better than the ice skating idea <laughs> on fucking doubtedly <laughs> that's great <laughs> Almost like a Rick Wakeman production of, uh, you know, the myths and yeah, legends of King Arthur or something idea. on ice. It's a terrible you know. idea. Well, I should say it. I'm cringing. But, uh, but there you go. Yes, another another little bit of uh, unexpected good luck and, and, and magic. Happy accident, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The world's a better place for it, I'll tell you. Yeah, that was uh, that was very interesting. It really... Again, it caught your eye. It was it was totally different from everything else that was going on at the time. It just, you know, it it, it was a groundbreaker. Well, we were always we were always looking for that because we figured, you know, okay, so there's 20 people doing that kind of video. There's another 20 doing this kind of video. What what's missing? <laughs> Maybe this is what's missing. I, I, and I, we were always driven by the flavor of the music as opposed to 
what the music was saying literally. We, we never, and I still don't, like videos that tell the story of the lyric. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, so I'm driving along in my car and I see this girl wearing a blue dress and I get out and we go on the beach together. Okay, fine, big deal. Uh, I don't want to see that because I'm thinking of my a girl I want to see in my own beach. and I, want, I just want something that frames the song in an atmospheric way that gives it a little something extra. Uh, I don't want to be told this twice in words and in pictures. Mm -hmm. you know? so, so that's kind. That was kind of our mo. That was what we always were looking for—a a mood, if you like, rather than a story. Music break. Let's hear that 1985 song we were just talking about with the groundbreaking video. That was almost just a video of Torval and Dean ice skating. This is Cry from the 1985 Godly and Cream album. The History Mix, Volume 1.
Cry by Godly and Cream from the History Mix Volume 1 in 1985. Let's hear a few more of their songs before dipping back for the final part of my interview with Kevin himself. This is Under Your Thumb from the 1981 Godly and Cream album Ismism. Of a stationary train I felt someone get in behind me But I never caught their eye But I thought I heard a woman's voice Whispering goodbye So I lay down in the darkness With the beer and coffee stains And I stared out at the Broken window panes, and although the storm was booming like an engine in the sky, I'm sure I heard a woman's voice cry. I don't wanna be under your thumb forever. Don't wanna be under your thumb forever. Don't wanna be under your thumb. It's over and
Under Your Thumb by Godly and Cream from their 1981 album Ismism. From that same album, this is Wedding Bells. some fun But you wanted me to be the permanent one Yes you did Now when we're in the movies or the back of the car You always stop me when I go too far I should have known you'd always keep me Bells from Godly and Cream. It's on their 1981 album called Ismism. Don't go anywhere. Prague Watch will be right back. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin, from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer. 
BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through October 15th, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through October 15th, only at BJ's. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of DIC. Now let's finish up with my chat with Kevin Godley. So you haven't worked with Lol in a long time. Is are you guys still friends? I mean, I know because I, I live in Ireland. I haven't I haven't spoken to Lol for years. He's he's working with the producers, isn't he? Yeah, I think that's what he was doing. He was in Art of Noise for a while there too. Yeah, that's right. I haven't spoken to Lol for a long, long time. Last time I saw him was when I was shooting something in Los Los Angeles many, 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 many years ago. But uh, I'm in touch with Graham quite a lot. Yeah, you did a project with him a few years back. I guess it's uh, yeah. a little more than a few now. It's 2006, I think it was. Yeah, over 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. Time just gets behind us. You know, I'm starting to really, really feel it, man. <laughs> Tell me about it. I know, I'm aging. I'm aging as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with you. Like, yeah, I was, uh, was going to apologize but, for that. <laughs> no, no, but they, they do say the older you get that, that time does seem to move quicker, and maybe it actually does. I'm, I, I think I actually noticed that myself, yeah, absolutely. One next week, week just seems to fly by, and before you know it, it's next weekend, and then it's another week, and boy, it's... Well, I think, I think that's dementia. I think that's a whole different thing. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's okay. I can deal with it. Yeah, I guess I always say it's better than the alternative, which is being dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so well, we any... don't know, we don't know that, do we? But, but well, we, we can, don't. We can, yeah, we can we have an educated guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into any of that, really. I, no, I, no. I talk about music and music type stuff on my show. I try to stay out of religion or politics. That's for sure. Yeah, um, it won't do you any good at the moment. Right. Uh, so anyway, let's get around to your your latest project here. Uh, this is how I had. This was the impetus for me to try to contact your publicist okay. and get in touch with you. That you're making an album now, and. Uh, you have an an interesting approach, you know. Can you tell the listeners just what you're doing and how someone out there listening right now might end up collaborating with you on your next album? Uh, by all means, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I will try. Um, what the what the idea is about? Okay, so what happened um, over the last couple of years? Two people got in touch with me, and uh, completely out of the blue, okay, and asked if I'd be interested in taking two instrumental pieces of music that they'd recorded and writing and recording a song over the top. Yeah? Yeah. So that's, that's the basis of it. And I, I thought, well, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll try. And uh, I I did, and I thoroughly enjoyed the process. Essentially, it was 
it sort of seemed to cut out a lot of the, the angst of sitting opposite somebody while they strummed away and I mumbled. And so, so you're saying this was, this was done more or less by file sharing is what you're talking about? Yeah, I got sent two tracks. Okay. With, with no song, just backing tracks, a bunch of chords, drums, guitars, synths, whatever. Uh, something that already existed. Um, you know, okay, here's part one. Can you add part two, which is the song? Uh, and I did, and I thought this is this is this is, this is great fun uh, because I, as you must know, I don't play an instrument. I, I'm well, I do. I, I'm a drummer, but it's not the ideal instrument to write songs with. Um, you you dabbled in other instruments, though, didn't you? Oh, not really. Uh, no? You know, I can maybe play E uh, on a guitar, but you know, give E flat, forget it. And, I can play a note on a piano, so I'm not. I don't really play an instrument. I, I'm a singer, okay, uh, and a drummer. That's 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 the bottom line. So, and to write a song, or for me to write a song, I need a structure of some kind, and I need chords of some kind to react to. And it, here was two sets of chords and structures to react to, essentially. Uh, so I just I just pulled them into GarageBand and started to sing over the top. And when I was happy with a bit, I'd develop it and I'd take notes and I'd record a bit, then move on and record another bit. And then gradually I found that I'd, I'd written a song and recorded a song, roughly. Uh, and then uh, I went and did it properly. So it was like a demo, a sort of elongated demo process that, that, that taught me a lot about what I was capable of in this context. So, and that's exactly what the album is. Essentially, this is my first solo album. Uh, in my entire career, I've never made a solo album. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a solo album with 12 other people. <laughs> so I'm not that solo. Okay, so but, you have the two you're going to use those two tracks that you were originally yes. sent? And you're seeking, yes. you're seeking submissions from... Yeah. So people who are out there right now could be yeah, listening I now. I don't care whether you're big, small, black, white, famous, unknown. All I'm interested is is hearing interested in is hearing a track that you've done that you've recorded that is crying out to be turned into a song. Um, and if you're interested in me doing that, you should send it to uh, this email address, which is musclememorysubmissions at gmail.com. I'll make sure to put those in the links when I post the show on yeah. my website, yeah. Muscle memory is the title of, of the album. Um, and essentially, muscle memory means I hope that what I that my body and brain will remember how this is done. <laughs> <laughs> I think you uh, will. So, so far, so good. But, it, but yeah. it's interesting. I've had about 50-odd tracks in already. And uh, we've only been up on the Pledge Music for just over a week. So I'm really encouraged. I've got a lot of listening to do, that's for sure. Right, right. And it could be any genre. It could be any style. It could be any speed, any mood, dark, light, whatever. But I'm hoping people send me something a little bit unusual because that's what I get off on. Muscle memory submissions at gmail.com. Yes. Okay. That's pretty easy to remember. 
And is there a, uh, a certain window in which you're accepting these submissions? Uh, let me see. Okay, so there's 199 days left. Okay. So the rest of the year, is a, are we talking? And I'm 32% uh, towards reaching my financial goal. That's how pleasure music works. It's, it's essentially they, they pre-sell items. So people okay, yeah. pledge a certain amount to, for various aspects of this project. Uh, and once the goal has been reached, I can begin work. Okay, so it's kind of running in, in tandem with that. Yeah, yeah. But the more the merrier? <laughs> the, the, well, the more, the more the merrier and the more choice I'll have uh, right. to, to choose. And, and maybe if, if, if the idea works at all well, there may be a second album uh, because, you know, actually 10 out of God knows how many tracks I'm going to get uh, should be relatively easy to do. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to creating something that has a lot of variety and challenges me as a writer in this new way of working. So that's that. I'm finding fascinating. Yeah, I, few, I, I thought so a too. Few, a few people, unfortunately, have sent me finished songs, which isn't really the point, because there's nothing left for me to do. Okay, so I yeah. Don't want, I, don't, I don't want anything that's finished. I want something that is instrumental and that is waiting for a vocal and a song that hasn't been written yet. And that's my that's my job. I deliver part two. And I also, this is very important, I'll be sharing the copyright of each of these tracks with the writer of the instrumental track. So it may be Godly and Smith or Godly and You or Godly and Him. Uh, but I'm sharing the copyrights with every writer. That's straight up way to do it. Yeah, that's right. So you see why I wanted to play the interview in its entirety and get this show on soon? mainly so that any aspiring songwriters out there who have music they would like to submit for Kevin's first solo album planned for next year can get their submissions in soon. Once again, that email address was musclememorysubmissions at gmail.com. Musclememorysubmissions is all one word, at gmail.com. And remember, Kevin is looking for song frames that do not have any vocals and not complete songs. I will make sure to include that email address in the show notes also when I post this show to my website, progwatch.com. Well, let's finish the show off with a couple of more great songs. Some of Kevin's most recent musical work was with his old 10cc mate, Graham Goldman, in a project called GG06. That project came out in 2006 and yielded six songs, which were not available as a traditional album as I understand it, but instead only as MP3 and FLAC downloads. Well, a couple of those tracks made their way onto a 10cc compilation called Greatest Hits and More. So here's one for your listening pleasure. This is Son of Man. Hello, Edward. Edward. Hello. 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 Yeah? How did we form the band? Well, deep in the past when the world began, First woman and the very last man Gave birth in a cab on a London street To a child with a whistle and a jackhammer beat But they erased the child, they erased the man So fooled at the button by accident He 
was over before it even started All three parents broken hearted But the angel of coincidence Took pity on the dead experiment She breathed into its monkey face And gave it form and light and pace Slowly out of innocence A test tube baby that made no sense Came stumbling into the light of day But the only thing that it could say was out like a sore thumb Yeah, it wasn't music and it wasn't art But it got to number two in the chart And it bought him a holiday, bought him a car and turned him into a pop star But the man got sick with growing pains and turned into the monster with three brains Statue 
Son of Man by GG06. That's Kevin Godley and Graham Goldman. Well, I save space for one more quirky Godley and Cream composed 10cc song. This one comes from the original soundtrack in 1975 and is called Une Nuit à Paris or One Night in Paris.
Paris, composed by Godly and Cream and performed by 10CC for their classic album, the original soundtrack in 1975. Hmm, here I am assembling the show and it seems I may have miscalculated time-wise. I have a little more time than I thought. So let's have one more great tune here to finish off the show. Even though it isn't a Godly and Cream composition, it's still a fantastic song. This is also from the original soundtrack by 10CC in 1975. And it is, Life is a Minestrone. Hmm, here I am assembling the show, and it seems I may have miscalculated.
So I hope you enjoyed my program centered on music and video icon Kevin Godley. It was a real pleasure and honor to have him on the program. As always, if you want to learn more, there will be links at progwatch.com. And composers, don't forget to submit your song ideas. Who knows, the next big duo could be Godley and you. Thanks for joining me once again, and prog on, brothers and sisters.
time things in life are bad, they can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Ain't always look on the bright side of life It's quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your seat Give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance and out So always look on the bright side of death Just before you draw your terminal breath a piece of shit when you look at it life's a laugh and death's a joke it's true you'll see it's all a show keep them laughing as you go just remember that the last laugh is on you and always look on the bright side of Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through October 15th, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. 
love your skin back and save now through October 15th, only at BJ's. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.